I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Basil Alwyn, CEO of Tirana. We discuss the company's unique approach to fixed wireless technology and how Tirana is helping WISPs in the U.S. and abroad close the digital divide. We also talk about broadband policy and why he says we need to reconsider unlicensed spectrum as a tool. Basil, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, pleasure to be here. Awesome. So before we get into the digital divide and some specifics, uh, give me some brief background on Tirana and your time there as CEO. Yeah, Tirana is a really fascinating project uh, and company. Um, Very unique, actually, because um, uh, it's a company that uh, I've been through a lot of in my career startups and large company experiences. And this is one of those unique companies that actually uh, really did very deep technology development, like a ground up rethink of how to do fixed wireless. And most products out there today are kind of uh, in this space are either built on Wi-Fi or they're built on uh, 4G, 5G kind of technology. But the Toronto team, well before I got here, uh, uh, a set of really, uh, um, really, uh, array processing and wavefront kind of experts basically got, uh, went to school on, on how best to do fixed wireless and built a ground up system. You know, all this, all the pieces, chips, uh, software, algorithms. And so it's a really differentiated product. I got to know the company back in 2019. Uh, I got to meet with them and they told me what they were doing. And I first didn't believe them, of course, because they, <laughs> the claims they made were too good to be true. This is an area where uh, you know a lot of people have spent a lot of time because if you can deliver high high performance broadband without having to run cables, fibers, you know it's a massive economic win. But more importantly, it's a massive time you know uh, win. And now the digital divide is more important than ever, and it keeps getting more important. So right. time is is even probably more important in some ways than than the absolute cost. So um, this has been an area that's been an intense focus for a long time. When I saw the company, I. I was really excited by the prospects. I actually started as an investor uh, back in 19 uh, and then worked with them along the way in 2020, joined the board. And when the product really kind of got ready to go to market, I, I decided to jump in as CEO and I've been doing that ever since. Very cool. So let's get into a little bit more about how the fixed wireless technology is different. I think you guys call it next generation fixed wireless or NGFWA. We all love our uh, letters in this industry. (laughs) Um, So tell me a bit about your approach, how it's different uh, from other fixed wireless uh, approaches. Yeah. So, you know, the fundamentals of fixed wireless are, uh, you know, you, you know, how, how do you best uh, uh, deal, deal with, or actually take advantage of, the, the paths that tra- signals travel, you know, from a uh, from a antenna to a to a destination. So, to a receiving antenna. So, if I if it, if you think about it kind of broadly, um, uh, line of sight wireless is relatively easy to do, relatively easy. So, um, but unfortunately for digital divide and for broadband in general, uh, you know, something like eighty plus percent of homes and businesses are not line of sight to mm-hmm. a given tower asset. And if all you have is line of sight technologies, you know, you're really uh, thwarted in how quickly you can roll out service. So the real, the real magic of Toronto is focusing on non-line of sight in the mid-band spectrum between two and seven gigahertz. And what's really unique about that is <clears throat> you can do some really fun, fun stuff, but it takes immense amount of, amounts of processing. When I say fun stuff, what I mean is 
normally when signals travel from one point to another in, in this, these, these uh, frequencies, uh, they can refract and reflect and bounce off of things. And the receiving antenna will receive multiple copies of that signal coming from different angles and slightly distorted. That's normally destructive. That normally reduces the quality of the signal. So you have a thing that's called a, a cell edge fade, meaning the further you get from the antenna, the slower and less uh, performant, uh, you know, the the actual service is. If you have enough uh, antenna uh, understanding, uh, design, processing, digital signal processing, a lot of that, um, you can actually receive these independently and and kind of shift them in time and shift them in phase and add them and get and actually multipath, what's called multipath, becomes your friend. So you can actually make it constructive. So what's the net net of that? You can have a, a non-line of sight connection at very, very high speeds and very stable. And that's what you need for home fixed broadband. Okay. Uh, the other thing the company does that's very unique is interference cancellation. Because we have that antenna that's, that's very powerful, uh, capable, and we have this kind of really nice platform for processing the signals, we can also selectively cancel uh, noise. And that's a, a bit akin to being in a crowded room and wanting to listen to a conversation across room and, and literally silence everybody around you so you can hear that distant conversation. And it really is like that. In other words, our signal could be 10, 20 plus times weaker and we can still listen to it and, and, and silence all the nearby interference. By the way, that, that has a very big impact on performance, not only uh, self-interference, but in with unlicensed spectrum which is a very big deal, uh, obviously, because we can help customers deliver a service in unlicensed. That's a, right. real, a real workable service. Um, now you have me thinking about this idea for a technology that would quiet everybody else in the room. I would use that. That sounds great. If you guys could get to work on that once you've solved the digital divide, that would be awesome. Yeah, totally. But um, in the meantime, tell me more about uh, some of the companies that you work with, some of the, the fixed wireless providers um, and where you guys are, are deploying this, this technology. Um, also, does it work, you know, for some particular areas, especially rural areas versus others. Um, tell me more about where you guys are deployed. Yeah. So a uh, couple of things on that. First of all, because the technology is really uh, uh, versatile, uh, it helps us in both licensed and unlicensed technology. So we operate both in CBRS and in five gigahertz, and we can operate in other licensed spectrum as well. If people want to use the, that spectrum for fixed wireless. It gives us an opportunity to work with WISPs, which is our first customer base, is largely a, a you know really uh, interesting group of, of very diverse WISPs that are that are you know really highly active in in solving uh, digital divide and helping not only rural communities but increasingly actually overbuilding uh, sometimes uh, more dense areas. So that that's a very big set of customers. We started shipping about a year ago, a little over a year ago. We have 160 customers that have bought the product at this point. So it's, it's, it's taken off really, really aggressively. But we're not really only uh, focused on the WISC community. Uh, we're also uh, you know, engaged with some quite large cu uh, customers who are interested in, in getting there faster and being mm -hmm. able to provide uh, you know, uh, solutions uh, where running fiber uh, is perhaps not economic or, or, or not fast enough or you know, particularly complex. So, you know, we have a really, uh, really diverse set of customers that are uh, that are out there, uh, you know, solving problems uh, all over the place from, you know, Indian reservations where there's been, you know, some a real focus on solving the digital divide to just communities. One of the unique things about Tirana in, and one of the things that kind of comes out of the technology platform that's been built here is that we can, um, 
we can, we can do much higher densities than traditional fixed wireless. So in mm -hmm. other words, on a sector, normally, you know, you, in the traditional fixed wireless products, you can do maybe, you know, 20, 30 customers and get them, you know, tens to 100 megabit per second. Now, we're, we're, what we're able to do now, which is really remarkable, we can do 100 plus customers. We have sectors now of 120, 130 on a sector. That means, uh, you know, four times that on a tower. <clears throat> and we can give them all or a high percentage of 400 meg service to 100, 200, 400, 400 meg service. So it's a really big difference uh, in terms of both the, the density we can do, but also the, the performance we can offer. And what that means is you can overbuild, let's say older cable uh, or DSL for sure, or even, to, or even modern cable, and you can provide customers with a choice. And this is not uh, any more uh, a choice that's uh, you know a too much of a trade-off because we're talking hundreds of megabits per second with a really solid uplink. One of the great things about the technology is because we have such a powerful antenna on the home, which is part of the, the design we did, we can we get very flexible, high-performance uplink. So we can set up the uplink downlink rate. And cable has a real issue with that uh, because you know the uplink is constrained oftentimes. So this technology is useful not only for rural which is traditional where the WIS have done a lot of great work, but also for small towns or even larger towns where you have a quite large set of household, high household densities, and we can actually serve those households really well. Okay, awesome. And you guys are deployed um, not only within the U.S., but internationally as well, right? We are, and, and that's a really interesting point. Uh, the company actually had some initial traction in internationally, as well as in the U.S. So we started out of the gates uh, with a, a major engagement with MTN in South Africa, where we shipped a lot of gear at this point, where we have a really nice project with them. But we're also, you might have seen the announcement this morning with, in Malaysia, and we're starting to find, you know, to help customers globally, uh, you know, solve this problem. You know, the U.S. has a lot of broadband funding. Uh, there's a lot of uh, focus on this, but we're not unique in that regard. There's a lot of countries that see Broadband is such a fundamental economic uh, import, uh, such fundamental economic import that they're really putting their time and focus on it. So it's, it's really uh, interesting time to be involved in and providing a product that can actually make a difference here. I don't know uh, if it matters uh, regionally, but I wonder if you can give me a sense of the typical length of a deployment, um, cost per home past. Uh, it, it may you know differ from, of course, project to project, but I'm wondering if you can have any ballpark numbers there. Yeah, so we, we have, um, first of all, cost per home pass on a fixed wireless in general, and NGFWA is no different, is incredibly low. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, with a tower, especially if you can serve the density that we can, with a tower, you you know, the, the amount you'll spend, you can do the math on it. But, you know, we're going to, we're talking $10 kind of cost per home pass. It's just trivial. Uh, the key, of course, is uptake. And, you know, you have to make sure you pick an area where you're going to have an opportunity to serve a bunch of customers. So that, that's that's quite, uh, you know, exciting. And in terms of distance, you know, it depends on uh, on frequency, spectrum. You know, in five gigahertz, we generally are talking about two, three kilometers as a, as a radius. And uh, in, in, in three gigahertz, we have a bit more power and the, the frequency is a bit more friendly. So we can go, you know, five, six kilometers. That's not line of sight, by the way. Now, if you're talking, but we also serve line of sight. So if we're sitting on a tower and we have line of sight, you know, my house, which is on Toronto, which is one of the ways I got involved in this. I, I live in a house up in the hills in the valley, and I was always looking for a solution. And uh, um, I'm 14 kilometers away from the tower. I never could get a service more than 30 megabits per second up there. DSL was seven megabits per second. And I had some other gear that was fixed wireless. It would get me like 27, 30 megabits. 
the Toronto stuff's 250 to 300. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always in that range and on my uplink 70, 80 megabits per second. So it's really final and that's 14 kilometers line of sight. So, yeah. you know, if you're line of sight, we can go much, much further. But uh, the key here is not really line of sight. The key is the combination of line of sight and non-line of sight in a dense area, you know, and, and, and we're talking about a sector that's, you know, talking, like I said, three gigahertz in, in the five kilometer range. Got it. Okay. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned the federal funding earlier here in the U S um, I'm just wondering, do you, I know it's, there's a bit of a fiber focus. There's some still back and forth about how all that is going to shake out. And of course the States get to make the final decisions on where they're distributing funds, but do you see opportunities for Toronto and all of that funding? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting that. <laughs> it's Okay. I get everyone choked up. up. It's a a very emotional, exact emotional topic. (laughs) Yeah, so um, great question. Uh, We're, of course, NGFWA is pretty new. So it wasn't something that was around and considered heavily in kind of the bead rules. And and bead is really very fiber focused, as you you mentioned. On the other hand, to really solve this problem, it's not going to be a fiber only uh, affair. It can't be, Mm -hmm. actually. Even with 42 billion, which is the amount of the 65 billion that goes to building infrastructure. There's no way to solve the uh, digital divide in the US with 42 billion. You just have to do the math on about 25 million or so households that have that are underserved and unserved. And you can kind of figure out that fiber is not going to get it done. So it is definitely a huge opportunity for us and and in general for fixed wireless. Um, I think, you know, um, uh, you know, one of the pieces of B that might be interesting for states to think about is that unlicensed technology is, and it's a funny thing about technology, it always changes the art of possible. You know, at one point, you know, you, you know, you, you can do something, uh, you can't do something next minute you can. You know, electric cars are an example, web is an example, there's all kinds of examples of, of Moore's law and technology kind of changing the fundamental premise of what's possible. And this is no different. So what has changed lately is there's enough, uh, let's say, compute power capable uh, available for us to build these really interesting links in unlicensed. And so um, unlicensed probably needs to be reconsidered a little bit as a tool because, you know, the truth is, if you want to to solve the digital divide in the most expeditious way and most cost effective way, it'll include not only license, but unlicensed fixed wireless, because it's it's a very, very, and one of the key messages that Toronto has in general is that fixed wireless is no longer a stopgap to fiber. Mm-hmm. Fixed wireless has always been a technology that's been very, very important solving issues in rural areas, but technology is making it such that NGFWA can be a uh, end game broadband connection for, for homes, even in dense areas. So NGFWA is not only going to offer 400 meg, but we have a gigabit product and a, and a multi-gigabit product that operates really well in, in even in interfer- high interference environments. So, so this is the start of something, not just a, a point. So our, our, our message is really, hey, you know what? There's more than, there, you know, broad, the digital divide is going to be solved by a lot of tools, not just one tool. Right. Fiber is one tool, satellite's a tool for the ultra remote. Fixed wireless, especially NGFWA, is going to play an increasingly important role in getting the job done. If you're focused on getting the job done, which is solving that underserved and unserved population, this is a tool you got to use. Yeah. So to that end, you know, would you argue that NGFWA is a quote unquote future proof technology or perhaps would you say there's no such thing as a future proof technology and it's a <laughs> well, lobbying term? What do you think? Well, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would say actually, and I think that's. That's an important point uh, because 
Um, the, the reality is that if you look at um, demand, user demand and, and bandwidth, what's, what does a household consume typically and, and how much it, you know, capacity is enough capacity? You know, if you're talking about gigabit speeds and three gigabit beyond that, that's, that's future proof. I mean, you, you can, and, and if it's a stable technology that, uh, you know, once you put a link up is really solid, you know, it, then, then that in my mind is, is future proof. So you can make an argument that uh, some of the older technologies that are fixed wireless are perhaps not, you can make that argument to some degree, uh, especially in dense areas, but I think the, the world's changed a little bit in that regard. So yeah, all of these technologies are, 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 are very important. I'm, there's nothing against fiber. Fiber is a great uh, offering. It's just very expensive and very time consuming to deliver. Doesn't mean it shouldn't be a big part of the story, right? Right. Okay, so final question for you then. You, you mentioned unlicensed spectrum. I'm wondering uh, you know, what policy measures you would like to see to further you know, help close the digital divide. Is it more expansion of uh, allowing unlicensed spectrum a seat at the table when it comes to handing out funds or, or what, what else would you like to see? Well, I think first, just recognizing the shifting technology. Yeah, look, this is something, by the way, to be fair, um, technology changes. You, as it changes, you got to adapt. So we're, of course, engaged with the WISPA and with um, uh, you know, uh, government regulatory agencies and things kind of explaining what's changed. Uh, you know, we're the first in this space, but there'll be more. So this is kind of the way the future is going. Uh, wireless is always, if you look at a history of wireless, you know, it's just it evolved in such a remarkable way. Just imagine... You know, uh, just the cell phone infrastructure is remarkable. At some at one point, it was thought it was thought to be impossible to have such a small device and do so much on it, get so much bandwidth on it. So, you know, it's it's clear if you look back uh, that technology marches on, and this is an example. So, one thing would be to kind of let's be a little more technology agnostic here uh, and, and recognize maybe some of the changes that are coming that are going to make uh, continue to to improve wireless to the point where. Hey, you know what? For a typical broadband customer, they're going to be thrilled. Latency's low, performance is high. There's a path to gigabit and beyond. All of that stuff is there. The other possible thing I think is is a, a useful thing to think about. It. I do think, uh, in some ways, shifting some of the dollars as as has been done in the in the latest uh, uh, package uh, towards helping end users pay their bills is actually a good way to let the market uh, play out the way the market plays out. Technology and, and in other words, there, that's actually an interesting. I think a good aspect of what was done recently, uh, because I think it allows the market to do what it does. You know, yeah. and in which case, you know, the most, the best technology to solve that customer's problem will win. That's all. That's what we're really after, really. In the end, um, you know, there's going to be just a variety. One of the things that's interesting about fiber is that, specifically, is that if, if you look at all of the five guys laying fiber in the U.S., there's a lot of constraints, obviously, supply chain, all that stuff. The other thing that's going on is that the the lowest hanging fruit is getting addressed first, and the more of that is addressed, what's left is really hard customers to serve economically. And so we're, we're getting to a situation where we're going to need all these pieces to solve the problem. And we have to be more, really super technology agnostic and focused on the goal uh, first and foremost. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking so much time to talk with me today. I really enjoyed it and I look forward to keeping up with you guys. Love it. Appreciate it. We have a big announcement coming on September 27th uh, where oh. we're going to, we're going to announce some, uh, uh, we're only we're going to highlight some of the digital divide projects we worked on. Uh, last time we did a, our pro first product announcement of G1, which is the name of our product, mm -hmm. we didn't have a huge install base. Now we have some pretty interesting installations, where, and we're going to highlight some places where we've actually helped communities close the digital divide really fast. That's Great. really cool. Awesome. Okay. And we're going to announce a new product 
that will kind of underscore this kind of technology changing that's going on and, and how we're going to get customers on fixed wireless into the gigabit beyond. It's going to be really cool. All right. I'm marking my calendar right now, September 27th. Thank awesome. you so much. Definitely. Thank you again, Basil, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.